0: I know you chillin' with my nigga ill will inside a ghetto heaven building with a MAC 11 Dillin' your jeans screaming infamous queens 41st stock yeah, you know me I know the OZs are whiter there pussy much tighter there never Rhymes. Like no other in his time. When it came to get floss, flops, liquid never ever will ride. rock, the bell, DMC rock, cause El was shell. Skills matter, fuck your rims and your record cells. Sub and of Sonic and Madronic, Ultra Magnetic, D and Van Vada. When little made friends, it was well spoken. But reddit magic had a rivalry, radio was dope. Bath of the ceremony, steady beat, dim was deep. Then just like Latoya hit the street, then we got the era of EBMD. the choose Crew, N.C. Light, and BDP. Main Source, Breaking Adams had a amazing rapping and beats, not basic sampling. Artists need to regain the passion. It doesn't matter if your chain is platinum, if what you say is average, you will not be mentioned with the greatest rappers. Hip hop like Egypt, reduced from its greatness to sadness. The industry. Still I coach you, supposed to claim The best rapper's the complexion of the Roman leader known as Caesar. I don't believe in my seat knowledge of brand new in a solo key rock. The vibe of the tribe, harder gang, start a brace, digging in the craze of fool like mold. Vocally I innovate.
1: WSJU Radio, DJ Mad Max on the airways here at St. John's University, Queens, New York, and Queens' own hip-hop legend, one of the greatest of all time to ever do it, the nicest on the mic, Cormega. How you doing tonight, Cormega? I appreciate you calling into the show. I'm a huge fan. The Realness, one of my favorite albums of all time.
2: Wow, I appreciate
1: that. Yeah, man, I I really do appreciate you calling in. Legal Hustle is another one of my favorites as well. I was just playing Bring It Back. And that's Mm. one of my favorite songs by you, because you give a lesson of hip hop history in that song, in which it could widen the knowledge of the younger audiences of your listeners who may not know about that. That would be intense. Mm. So, tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up in Queens. Uh,
2: it was different from it. It was fun, but it was rough, you know, but it was fun. It is,
1: but it is. And you you were good friends with Nas, too, growing up.
3: I good friends with a lot of people, yeah.
1: Mm. So when did you decide that you wanted to become a rapper?
3: Uh,
2: First time I heard rap, I don't remember the first time I heard rap, but around the first time I heard rap, I was fascinated with it. So it was up my alley. Um... Ironic that you said the word Ali. Muhammad Ali is the first person that really made me want to do that mm-hmm. rhythmatic, poetry type thing because he used to do that before I even heard rap records.
1: Who are some other rappers that inspired you?
2: Um, MC Shan, MC... LL Cool J, um, Run DMC, as far as the visibility, uh, T La Rock, Brockham. Rick, you know, those guys.
1: And now growing up and living in Queens, you probably saw those guys all around too, right?
2: Nah, no. MC Shan, anybody that's from Queensbridge, yes, I've seen them. I've seen yeah. LL in, in passing by a couple of times. Uh, uh, Run DMC, I never really seen them like that. They was like big superstars, you know. The guys were really big. Um, So they, it's not like they were just wandering around. Mm-hmm. Even though you could probably catch – dnc on occasion but uh no i didn't really see a lot of those guys i just seen them at uh you know magazines videos they was those guys star start mm.
1: and when did you realize or others start to realize that you had a gift for writing rhymes was it a specific song or freestyle
2: i didn't realize i had a gift in, in, in writing until within the last within the last 15 years maybe wow yeah like early like you know within the last year like later on in my career I realized I had a gift for writing because when I first was rapping it wasn't about writing it was about battling it was about just being the best MC or trying to outdo somebody and I've grown to learn that there's different rap, there's different kind of rap. like there's people that can be battle rappers and that's all they're good at they don't know how to make records you know what I'm saying so there's battle rappers there's uh recording artists also Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and then there's just rappers you know what I'm saying so some people that know how to some people know how to make records very well but they don't know how to freestyle and some people know how to freestyle but they don't know how to make records some people know how to battle but they don't know how to make records so there's so many different things to rap so I went through different layers of rap and, and my growing with it and then I just started realizing things later on in life but as an MC you always just try to write lyrics that are dope, or you try to be dope. But I didn't realize I had a gift until later on, until, you know, days like, like, times like these when people are contacting me saying your rhymes helped me get through a hard period in my life or, you know, people have my folks tatted on them on their body, on their flesh, and I don't even have a tag. It's things like that that really resonate with me. So, I never would have thought that I would uh. You know, if you'd have asked me before the realness came out, would I be, would I be worldwide? Would I be, would I have traveled to Germany and Spain and and uh, Italy and London and you know all around the world? I would have told you I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had an answer for you. So mm-hmm. I learned all this stuff, recently.
1: And for those who don't know, how did you come up with the name Cormega? What made you choose that name?
2: Variety of reasons. My my first name is Corey mm-hmm. and then uh and a lot of people call me Core anyway, but I also know that a core is the center and mega is greatness. And uh it's also I think a hundred kilos is, is mega. So the lifestyle I had before, I was perfectly fine with that with that name. So <laughs> I put them two together and then uh you know the rest of their is history, so that's how I became
1: called. Mega. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And I read some t- somewhere I don't know if it's 100% true That you had to redo the tracks For The Testament After you left Def Jam Is that true?
2: No That's uh-huh. a, a real specula-
1: phone Speculative Okay section. And what was it like Recording on with Nas For Affirmative Action And AZ That track is one of the greatest Of all time Especially a Queens track
2: I wouldn't say that's a Queen's track because AZ is from Brooklyn oh, yeah that's Bobby, right he's from Brooklyn Foxy Brown was also on that record he's from Brooklyn also
3: yeah that's I right just,
2: uh, it was a great it was great you know sometimes when you're doing something great you don't realize what you You don't realize the the significance of the moment because you're just doing it like when uh when George Washington, you know won a certain wars, he just he, he was just trying to win he was just trying to you know do what he was doing he didn't I don't think he foreseen what was gonna happen in the future, or you know. Sometimes that's the beauty of 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 greatness, or the beauty of classic moments. People just are out there doing what they do. They're not thinking that it's gonna be what it is, you know what I'm saying? So when I was recording, I was just happy. I was just happy. That's that's all I remember. Just happy doing doing what we were doing. I didn't think it was gonna be epic like it
3: became. Mm.
1: You paved the way and are a true inspiration for independent artists. What made you take the independent artist route?
3: Necessity
2: and common sense. First necessity because when I got off of Death Gems, uh I had labels interested in me. And uh, when you're dealing with major labels, they go through structure, et cetera, et cetera. So in order for me to come on an album on a major label, it could have took me up to a year. And I was very impatient at that point because I had sat down for like, four, I was on the shelf for close to five years. So I wanted to put out an album fast and independent was the best route. So earlier thinking was I'm gonna put out an album independent and then I'm going go to a major after this if it does well. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So i put out the album independent and then after that, I realized I didn't need to go major. I just needed a machine behind me. Mm. I just needed to grind. And, you know, the the runners did so well that it made me realize the freedom that I have as an artist and the connection with the fans and, you know, hard work determines the outcome more than just depending on a label. So I've been independent ever since.
1: And how did you market (laughs) yourself and sell records that way?
2: Well, I went on the road. I did a, a retail run. And I personally went and shook hands with people in record stores, retail, radio. Mm. I went to record stores in Boston, Connecticut, Virginia, Washington, D.C., North Carolina, uh, you name it, even even the West Coast. So I went to all these record stores. I went to radio. You know, I I, I put in groundwork, a lot of mm. work, a lot of work. And that's, did
1: and ads. that's why you're one of the hardest working artists of all time, in my opinion. Just reading your backstory on what you had to do and what you just told me now, that's insane. Now, seeing yeah, I, independent artists today, how would you compare it? Do you feel as though they have to do as much work now with social media?
2: I think social media makes it kind of easier, mm. especially if, like, like, word of mouth, is uh, is uh, the power of word of mouth is multiplied more than twice-fold on, on social media. You come out with something that's real hot, and the word would travel. The word of mouth would travel. And, you know, there's, there's been times I wanted to hear something just from hearing everybody else talk about it. Mm. Like, you know, for example, Black Thought freestyle on, on Flex was a year and a half ago. Like, everybody, their mother was talking about that so bad to the point where you had to go find it and and listen to it you know what i'm saying so it's things like that that could benefit the the, the independent artists now social media and you got youtube and all these these avenues that were not existing (laughs) that didn't exist when i when i first came out so if i had it like if i had this back then oh my god so it's easier now for artists but at the same time um there's ways to put in hard work now. It's just that, do you want to do it? Mm. And a lot of my peers, artists like from my era or before or shortly after, a lot of those guys, it comes to a point where you have to respect the fan and understand that the fan is the most important part of your career. And and that's what differentiates me from a lot of artists. Like, before I was doing all the legwork by going to the store, shaking hands with the with the retail and letting them know I appreciate them buying my records, uh, going from state to state, doing this type of thing. Now I'm doing that with the fans. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm going directly to the fans with that. Now it's like, you know, like I got the new joint uh, collaboration out right now. That's right. It.
1: Fire and collaboration, too.
2: Thank you very much. Um, so what I've been doing now, I go on live, and when I go on live, we, we, I kick it with the fans, but I also remind them that I got a sneaker out or they'll remind me somebody will say something and I'll be like wow let me so I'll pin it at the end of, at the bottom of the uh, live page but what I also do is everybody that bought the core mega Ewing I tell them to DM me your uh, your proof purchase because they said the confirmation thing that you get from EwingAthletics.com from when you buy the sneaker mm. they send you a confirmation and the people that sent me the confirmation I say send me your confirmation and your phone number in the DM and I've called every single person that sent me their phone number
0: wow you know,
2: those things like that 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 that's a part of the grind but that's a part of the appreciation because what you say thank you somebody just walked up to you and gave you gave you something that's what they're doing they yeah. don't have to buy my sneakers especially when there's so many competitors out there with from bigger companies of bigger athletes but they're buying my sneakers so of course you know i take some time out of my day to contact them the same way they took time out their day to go online and buy my sneakers so it's like it's a mutual, mutually beneficial relationship and a lot of artists need to recognize that
1: and that's what I love a lot about you is that you really do care about your fans because there's a lot of artists out there that say they do but they may not show that love and may not be able to but I remember one time on one of your posts you were doing an event and you said if you saw anyone wearing the realness chalk line jacket that you would come up and meet them and talk with them Mm -hmm. And that just You know Touched me as a fan of yours That you actually Really care about your fans That you would go out Of your way to do that
2: You gotta understand My life Where I came from For real And And compare that To the average rapper Like I didn't grow up Sheltered Like you know what I'm saying Like I didn't have I didn't have the luxury Of leaning on my Mom and dad So I came from The streets for real, like, like a lot of rappers that talk about street stuff, I look at them with a skeptical eye because I some the ones I know, it's like I know what I know, and then the ones I don't know, I, you could tell when somebody's really been through the street. So the fans have been so important and imperative to my life that why wouldn't I show them love? It's like they they mean so much to me. Um, like if I really was to assess it. Where would I even be without my fans? Like, I don't even know where I would be. I don't have an honest answer for you. I don't know where I would be right now. I could have been in in a bad place right now if it wasn't for my fans. You know what I'm saying? So they're everything to me. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I treat them as such. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a show in Long Island, what, in, what's today, Seventh In 12 days. A little less than two weeks I have a show in Long Island, Amityville. That's in the 19th, right? Yeah, the 19th. Yeah,
1: everyone go to that if you can make it.
2: You know what I'm saying so. It's twenty dollars and it's eighteen and up. The reason they make it eighteen up at my shows is cause I have a lot of young fans, which also blows my mind. It makes me uh appreciative and happy. You know I have young fans, so I have to make it eighteen and up for the young people. Uh, and uh, if you look at the old flyer, or if you or if you on my page originally when they put a the flyer, they said it's forty dollars for a meet and greet and twenty dollars for the for the show then now it's just twenty hours because I told my guy, the promoter, I said a fan shouldn't have to pay to meet me. Like I'll, I'll meet them. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm going to meet them, I'm I'm, I'm going to meet them anyway. So it's like I, you know, I've never done that. Like you, if you ever meet a fan that says Mega didn't, uh, you know, he wasn't open or social with me, then that's like that's like uh, I don't even know the word. It's like a rare occurrence if that happens, you know what I'm saying, like I'm always I'm always very, um, you know, I'm always very respectful and appreciative of the fans, always.
1: Mm. And getting to your music with the mega EP and that was just a real hip hop EP to me and you keep it your same style every album, you haven't changed styles in my opinion and What is your opinion of the state of hip hop today and how the sound has changed and which people call it mumble rap? How do you feel about it?
2: I mean, I really, honestly, I really don't even listen to the radio, so I don't know what's going on. I don't pay attention to it because it is what it is, but at the same time, the thing that I don't like about hip hop is a lot of people are all talk. Mm. Like, there are people that will talk about the young artists, but... Y'all not even buying the older artists'
3: material or the or the
2: artists you like. Y'all not even buying their stuff, but y'all critiquing these young guys. Now, the young guys, can they live up to... Are they going to live up to be lyrical giants like the ones that preceded them? It's That's a very difficult task. Mm. That's like when when Michael Jordan retired, like the NBA, you know, went through a decline. Cause, you know what I'm saying? But they were still talented people enough to keep it going. So we just have to. Right now we have we have to sit this out. I, I had this conversation with a uh, black poet the other day. I said, Do you realize during soul, like when soul music was was quintessential and was like and was very powerful, do you realize this soul took over and you had great people like Marvin Gaye and Teddy Pendergrass and Stevie Wonder and Al Green and uh, you know uh, uh, whoever you can name. Some of the greatest soul singers, Diana Ross, whoever, they all had to take a back seat to disco.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I said, It's kind of what we're going through right now. You just got to sit it out. We just have to keep being consistent with our sound and be patient because we'll, everybody will have their moment. And after what now, who's more recognized and who's more loved? The disco or, or the or the soul? It came back, you know what I'm saying? Actually, some of those people came back stronger after that some of you know, so it's like that's what it is with rap instead of being disgruntled and judgmental people need to just dig harder tie your boots up tie your boots up tighter and work harder at your craft mm. and show a difference between you and what you perceive as full crap rap that's what i do i don't focus on i focus on me I, when you listen to that mega ep it sounds like nothing that's out
1: no and i like it
2: you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's a total different thing because I was only in my zone. I wasn't focused on nothing. I wasn't trying to do a bunch of speeches. I was just doing me. Now, the young. Another thing about young people is young people are young enough to make mistakes and grow from them. So let them make the mistakes because we all made mistakes. There was times when I when I would use profanity in every song and now I regret that. There, you, there were things I've done when I was younger. There were things we all done when we were young that we regret. Mm. So let these young guys and young women bro let them make their mistakes because years from now they'll look back at it and and they'll see and the blessing that a lot of us have is especially somebody like me I'm still here so I really have nothing to complain about I'm still here my first album came out 18 years ago like how many people say that not too many you know what I'm saying and still putting out music that's solid like so I have nothing to complain about so those young brothers let them make their money and Hopefully they do the right thing. Some of them are already doing the right thing. just got to have hope and patience.
1: And another thing about rap today, I feel as though there should be more, you know, subject of what's going on in society, such as what you do in your music, what Public Enemy did back in the day. I think there needs to be more of what's really going on in society instead of just drippy diamonds and gold all the time and money. I think there's more to life than that.
2: Exactly. That it, uh, there's definitely more than life to it and actually after a while when you become uh, when your eye becomes more open to life certain things become trivial to you it becomes almost ignorant to you like I barely wear jewelry anymore and I still have jewelry I can actually take a picture of my jewelry and send you a screenshot of it now mm. I, I recently wore, wore my jewelry and my friends were astounded because some of them thought I didn't have jewelry anymore and I said, this ain't the fact that I don't have jewelry no more. It's not fascinating, but I've been wearing jewelry since I was like 16. That's for one. For two, what does jewelry even say about you? It just brings attention to. I don't like attention. Every, everybody that knows me will tell you that I don't like attention. <laughs> and it's corny. I don't. I don't feel validated by jewelry. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not really. You know, I'm so saying I feel validated every day I wake up, and I feel validated by fans. Like I'm able to, yo, man, I'm an independent artist. And I'm able to do things, and I and I haven't even scratched the surface of potential, economically or artistically. There's so many things that I that I didn't even do yet, and so much unreleased music that I have that I'm just content and happy. So, knowledge is a jewel, and me being here, and me being here for eighteen years is me shining. I don't need a chain to do that.
1: No, exactly. Just keep doing it through your music and great content. But how do you react to fans and people when? they call you a hip-hop legend?
2: Um, it just, how do you react to a raindrop in a storm? Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it is what it is. It's like, but that, the same thing with a raindrop in a storm. I I said a raindrop, not raindrop. It's mm. like that one drop, you're not going to take it as, as serious. You brush it off or you just know what's coming. But I don't, Rest on my laurels. That's the old thing that I that I was told when I was to box. Don't rest on your laurels. I don't get comfortable in the title legend. I think it's cliche. I think the word is being thrown around too much lately. Also, mm. just like the word classic. And I also, I'm not content. I have five albums out. I really want to have ten albums out. I want ten albums. Like that's too many people make ten albums. I want to make ten albums, if possible. And also, uh, I don't feel that, that, that I've achieved enough. I feel like there's so much that I have to do before I'm really comfortable with the title of legend. So it's like when I see Run DMC or when I see, you know, the LLs, the Run DMCs, and artists of Big Dead those guys are the real legends and icons. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So Chuck D, those are legends. You know what I'm saying? I'm just a veteran trying front of Truly, become a legend. Like you know, the love I get is is conversation enough. I don't need the the uh, the title to validate me or or to uh, to justify my ego or, or whatever. I'm, I'm I'm good with just being. I'm good with people just saying they like my music.
3: Mm.
1: And I know you've said in plenty of interviews that that's the problem with a lot of rappers, especially today, is their ego.
3: Hmm. Yeah,
2: it's ego, and it's like uh, I don't know. It's just so much. It's Mm. it's uh, especially New York rap. New York rap never really knew how to show love to each other. That's how New York was able to fall off, and the South was able to dominate because the South stick stuck together. You see all those artists working with each other, whereas New York was just, you know, was just back and forth conflict. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not pointing fingers because I was guilty of it also. You know what I'm saying?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, uh, but New York, it's a, I guess the mentality from being a New Yorker, and I guess we reflect that New York mentality, some of us, the ones that, that, that are still like that, you know, because, uh, when you start showing love to each other, there's strength in numbers and it's more beneficial. Like you, you're on my Instagram page look at my page or if you have a good memory if you look at because I definitely erased all of my um, my Instagram posts months ago it's like I'm starting from scratch mm. but if you've been following me for years I've been there's been times when I've posted people's album covers or I've used people's album covers as my Abbey before or I put their music on my site on my page like promoting I've always showed artists love for their for their stuff for their thing and I don't get the same love back from a lot of artists but, mm. but you don't see me complaining you know why because it's all good because the fans are showing me love so I love that somebody's deprived me of I'm getting an overabundance of from other people so you know that's the ego part like you know what I'm saying yeah. I know a rapper I know a rapper who recently did something and I supported this guy, this guy full heartedly physically And, uh, online. And, you know, when my sneaker came out, uh, what, last week, I didn't get, I didn't get none of that support. So I was like, but I wasn't even mad because I was like, it is what it is. You know, when people show you who they are, you just believe them. You don't get mad, just believe them and take it for what it is. So, like, shout out to Billy Dan, like, from MOP. Like, this guy is consistently showing love, but we always been like that with each other. So shout out to him and uh you know and all the rappers that get it.
1: Mm. And going back before when we were talking about, you know, the jewelry and all the issues there <laughs> now I know you're not big on rapping about brands, especially on your mega EP. How come you decided not to rap about brands or mention them in that project?
2: Because all we're doing is glorifying companies that don't give a F about us
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know what I'm saying at the end of the day and it's like uh, it's like you're doing free advertisement these companies get rich off of uh, our influence hip hop is very influential
3: mm-hmm.
2: and we tend to indoctrinate things into people's heads just from music i give you a perfect example uh, Alizé I didn't know what Alizé was Heard Tupac saying Alize, and everybody wanted to try Alize. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, rappers, rappers have blown up numerous companies. Uh, everybody's rapping about Bentleys and Rolls Royces, and 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 all this high end, prestigious things that are making other people want to spend money with them. But these companies aren't giving back to your community or to your culture. that's one of the reasons I stopped shouting out only company names and then it's like you know certain companies disappoint me at times with with their actions and, and their negligence you know Gucci I that thing that Gucci did months ago was disrespectful and derogatory and I felt offended as a human being not just a human being of African descent but a human being and I felt insulted not just for me I felt like my ancestors were insulted with that mm. so I will not be supporting Gucci there's not there's nothing that nobody can say to justify or to uh, fix my opinion on, on that I'm not messing with Gucci it'll take me a, a, quite a while to get off of this stance that I'm on with them uh, I got Gucci stuff at home that I had for years I got, I got a Gucci watch that was actually a gift for me a few years ago I got Gucci cologne here that I'm actually was thinking about breaking or just throwing in the garbage. Like, I just will not support that brand, just like I don't support H&M anymore. Um, oh, yeah, no. You know They're I done. H&M. Yeah, and actually, one of their main stores in Manhattan on 34th Street is closed now. So I think that, you know, they hurt themselves a couple of times with, with their actions and it's like... Yeah, their
1: advertisements
2: yes so that's why I don't shout out my main brand and, and then we have the power to create our own brand and make our own brand significant and um, that's why I yo I make my own shirt or you know I'll do a collaboration with another company an independent company and and, and that's one of the reasons why I love working with Ewing mm. because it's an independent company you know and and uh, and it, it it's 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 Ewing like. That's the greatest, might be the greatest Nick ever. You know what I'm saying? Overall, uh, he didn't win the ring, but he put in the blood, sweat, and tears. His blood, sweat equity, and sweat equity adds up to anybody. So, you know, it was an honor for me as a Knicks fan, and he represents New York, and it's independent. So things like that, and a lot of independent companies that I associate with, rather than just dealing with these, putting out money to these big corporations that don't care
3: and don't benefit us.
1: And I love that you collaborated with Ewing because Ewings are my favorite sneakers to wear. I love them. I've loved them for years. I think they're very underrated too, because everyone's always rocking Jordans, Nikes. I think Ewings give I just have that retro sense to them.
2: They they
1: they are underrated and they're very comfortable. Oh yeah. They're like slip they're very comfortable. Yeah,
2: I never realized how comfortable they were until, you know. I started really getting into them and and, and checking out different models of them they're very comfortable
1: and what was it like working with them and designing and the whole process with that
2: it was amazing it was uh it was fun it felt like a dream come true you know it felt like it just felt different like I was just doing something that makes me very proud as a person Uh, Mm. it was creative expression and it was it was just uh, it's just very proud. It was, it was, it was a proud moment. I thought that's, that's the best thing I could say. It made me very proud. It was an
1: accomplishment to be proud of. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. It's a great achievement. And I like what you said before about Patrick Ewing. I think he's one of the greatest of all time, even though everyone up at the station gives me crap for it. I, I do. I think he is. When people say that Dwight Howard's better than Patrick Ewing up here, they don't know basketball. But yeah, that,
3: those people at the
2: station – need to be evaluated for their basketball knowledge. (laughs) Uh, Like, seriously, Patrick Ewing was on the dream team for a reason. Like, let's think about this for a second. Hakeem Olajuwon is one of the greatest centers of all time. Mm. He had two rings. He was one of the greatest centers of all time. And he wasn't even on that dream team. Nope. Patrick Ewing was on the dream team. Like, Patrick Ewing was in the movie Space Jam. Yep. Like, they wasn't just picking every any, like, Patrick Ewing was a very big deal. He's one of the most dominant centers, and he had a finesse game, too, but it's overlooked because he also had a tough game. He, he had a lot of intangibles. He took the game way more serious than Dwight Howard. I like Dwight Howard, but Dwayne, Dwight Howard, did not take the game serious he's a jokester and it shows in his effort and his commitment and his output on the court if Dwight Howard had a little bit of that Ewing mentality he would have been he would have been more incredible. He's still, hey, he still has time to develop I think he'll be more serious this year because LeBron is serious yeah. you know but to state White Howard is better than um, Patrick Ewing's quite
1: insulted. Yeah, it's insane. And I was trying to make the case in here that he used top 15 players of all time. And they were all, they were just coming up with every name in the book to fight me on it. And I said, I think Ewing's top 15.
2: I got to think about that. I got to sit down and really think think of some names. But if we if we talk about centers, definitely.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I'd say top 10 for centers.
2: I, yeah, yeah, I got him in my top 10 centers. Mm. I think the best center... I think the best center of all time is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay, yeah. And Lakers. I could I could pull up a thousand reasons why, but that's, that's a whole nother day. Mm. But Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the greatest center of all time. He might arguably be in a conversation of the greatest basketball player of all time. He got the same amount of rings as, as Michael. And he won, and, and I'm talking about basketball. Period. Mm. There's nobody that won as much as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He was a winner his whole life, like high school championships, regular school, college collegiate, NBA, everything. He's the oldest MVP that that uh, All-Star game MVP. He was in a, he was an All-Star at 40. like.
3: Yeah.
2: like, <laughs> like I could go on for days. He has the most points in NBA history. Like Kareem, is like tell, tell them, I know some of the guys are young. Tell them to do some research, but uh, Patrick Ewing definitely, 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 definitely uh, one of the best centers of all time. Definitely, he's the top. They had the top 50 greatest players of all time listed, and he's definitely he was mentioned in that 50. He's a good player.
1: Oh yeah, I agree. Like I said, I think he's top 15. If anyone wants to disagree with me, fine. But I have my opinions. But
3: no, I'm mad.
1: (laughs) But getting back to the Ewing's, they are available on EwingAthletics.com, Sportlike or Mega. Make sure everyone go purchase those and check them out. You know, take a break from the Nikes and the Jordans, and you know, try these out. And they're very comfortable. But
2: yeah, help a brother out. I don't got no billions like Mike.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, but. You've also said in an interview I watched a couple months ago, I believe, that you stopped wearing Nikes, and you had a lot of Nikes. You stopped wearing them because of some... I forget what they did. I forget what yeah, they, they
2: did. Yeah, uh, they did something that I felt was very offensive. Uh, it was during that time when we was going through a lot of racial uh, disparity in, in in America. Around the time of the... Uh, what was it there? It was riots and... Oh Charlottesville
1: and like Virginia and all that stuff.
2: And LeBron, LeBron James broke. I can't breathe on my on his sneakers. Like LeBron James and uh, NBA players was writing stuff on their clothes. They was protesting. They were silently protesting. They was make, They was silently yet loudly protesting. So they was totally against what was going on. And then Nike goes and gets the uh, police. 50% off. Yeah. It's some crazy thing like that, and, and, and Nike Nike stopped doing it since then. They're, they they took a loss. A lot of people stopped rocking with them. But the problem with with the uh, African-American community is they have convenient and selective amnesia. It's like people will say, like, people will say, oh, we're not going to wear such and such no more because they just black people. But y'all are wear Gucci two months later. You know what I'm saying? And they they... This job works. So it's like if it's high end, y'all y'all able to forget. these it's just easy for y'all to say F H H&M, and or it's easy for y'all to say F Tommy Hill fan. There's still people that say, Oh, I don't wear Tommy Hillpin because they just sound racist, which I never really know about, but I heard you know, I I heard that, hear that a lot in the African American community. Word, so y'all 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 stopped rocking with them for like fifteen years, but <laughs> y'all, got, y'all got over Gucci in three months. Like how how convenient. Like so you know, so when Nike did that, I was so offended, I stopped wearing Nike. And I was proud of myself because I that's the, that's the main sneaker I had. If I had 300 of sneakers, probably half of them or close to 200 of them was Nike. Most of my sneakers, if you've seen the Slam magazine, they did a they did a feature on me. You know what I'm saying? Way before the sneaker had that hype came, they did a whole feature on me. If you look in the picture, it's mad Nike. I got every Jordan from 1 to 23. After the 23, I really didn't, didn't buy them, though. No. I don't like them all. Mm. If you're a real sneaker collector, you know Jordan was supposed to stop at 23 to commemorate his number 23. His number, yeah. And at tw- after 23, they didn't make no more Jordans. They made the years. Remember, they, there was no number 24. There was like a year. So whatever year that was, it was like 2000 or whatever. Then they did it the year again. Then after the a while, they started making numbers again. But I have never really got it back into them. I was supposed to stop at 23. I was good. So I have everything from 1 to 23. I have mad night mad nights. Like I got like Air Force One, Blazers, the ones that influenced Air Force ones a bunch of Air Max, you name it, I got it. So I'm sitting here with a house full of
3: nights
2: <laughs> feeling offended, but at the same time, I said I'm a man. I'm not a brand. I'm not a slave to, to materialism. And that benefited me because that's how I began to respect Ewing and other companies. You know, and at the end of the day, I told my friends, "Yo, we make sneakers cool. Like the the urban community made sneakers cool. Mm. Sneakers were just regular things that you wear. They wasn't cool like that. They was just people used to call them tennis shoes. Like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Nike, Nike was a yo. Nike was Nike was on a verge of decline in the '80s when they found Michael Jordan. That was like wow. That's like you betting your last bit of money. Do your research. Do your it's like you been your last bit. Of, it's like there's a good, like there's a Yankee game on tonight. You 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 only have a little bit of money, but you bet on the Yankees tonight and you win. And it's like save me. That's what happened one night. They was on the verge of collapse. Adidas was the dominant sneaker. Yo, Converse was okay. Do your research, y'all in college. Do your research. Look at um, look at the '80s. Look at all the stars from the '80s and what they was wearing. The biggest basketball players in the '80s was Larry Bird. And, and Magic Johnson, at one point, those were the, there were no two people bigger than them. And then you had Isaiah Thomas, and then from New York, you had Bernard King. Yep. Those were the biggest, and then you had Dr. J. Now, listen to this. Magic was wearing Converse. Larry was wearing Converse. Mm. Isaiah was wearing Converse. Bernard King was wearing Converse. And Dr. J was wearing Converse. Kareem Abdul was wearing Adidas. Clyde Fraser was wearing Puma. I could go on and on.
1: Nike wasn't even Nike. a top brand. Oh wow!
2: Even if you look at the old break, look at the old boy pictures and old breakdancer movies, you mostly see Adidas, Converse, and Puma. Puma was more popping than, than Nike. Way mm. Puma. So Nike, Nike, Nike owes its legacy to the urban community. Most of the Nike biggest stars was black. That's why I took such offense because I know Michael Jordan reinvigorated your brand when Jordan came out. Y'all stock went up when it, when the sneakers first came out. Then after that, they had the, they had the marketing called the the Nike Revolution. When they had the Revolution, what did they do? Y'all went and got every hot black athlete. Y'all had Andre Agassi also. He's a white um tennis player, but y'all had Bo Jackson, Ken Griffey Jr., Barkley. You name it. That's mm. how Nike became big again. Y'all, y'all gonna dismiss all of that? And 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 um and, and 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 during our time of flight, when we're fighting against police killing us for for, for unnecessary reasons, you give the police a discount. That's why. That, and and and, they, and you know what? Nike doesn't do that anymore. They stop because they heard they stop. You know what I'm saying? But the mm. thing that that also made them look dumb in my eyes is yo. Your biggest stars are protesting. I want to keep my stars happy. So if LeBron, if I'm Nike and I'm seeing LeBron wearing sneakers saying I can't breathe or you know um, you know political stuff about that about race, I'm I'm gonna see what the hell I can do to to you know to ease that problem, not not add on to it. So that's when I start wearing. It took me like I think it took me three to four years to wear Nike again. Wow. And yeah, any
1: yeah, if
2: you if you, anybody that knows me will tell you that. That's how Ewing became so beneficial because at that time I wasn't wearing night. So it's like, you know what, I wear Ewing. And, and the rest is history. I was wearing New Balance, new Ewing, Reebok, Adidas. And, and, and I told people, yo, we make stuff cool. Stuff don't make us cool. We make it cool. If we don't think it's cool, it's not going to fly. That's just how i always been in the ghetto, in, a, in the urban areas. I give you another I give you another hip hop and sneaker story. Converse.
3: The
2: Canvas Converse that they call Chuck Taylor? hmm What's the what's the name of those in the stores? Um I forgot the name, but you know what I'm talking about. Oh uh,
1: Converse. Store? Were they Vans?
2: No, not Vans. The Canvas the Converse. The, the Canvas one. Oh uh, you know Snoop Dogg baby from the West Coast where?
1: I'm not hundred percent sure. Them Chuck Taylors? Yeah, I know they I know they call them Chuck Taylors, um, I don't get. I don't know the other name you. for him.
2: All right, let me show you something. Back in the day, in the '80s, actually, not even back in the days, in the '80s and in the '90s, right? Mm-hmm. Converse wasn't hot like that anymore, right? Converse took a decline. Converse was the was the was the top of the boot chain and sneakers at one point. As like I said, I just named those top superstars I was wearing them at that time, and even now. When I mentioned that, it blew my mind because so I really forgot that it was that many dope people wearing Converse. But check this out: after Wild Nike took over, it took over, like it took over. It dominated everybody. It pushed Reebok back. It pushed Converse back. Even Adidas took a step back. Everything regret. Nike was at the top of the food chain, strongly. Right? Check this
3: out. Mm.
2: Converse was so out of style. You're from New York. You to be a researcher on this. Converse was so out of style and so uncool that if you went to when you when you got arrested and went to Rikers Island, mm. they gave you a pair of Converse. Wow. Like if 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 you got robbed in Rikers Island, and your sneakers got t- taken. They gave you a pair of Converse. Um, um, uh, yeah, they gave you a pair of Converse. Some people used to call those Air Pataki because Pataki was the governor at that time or whatever. Also, when you go upstate, like say you're convicted of a felony, you're on Rikers Island, you're not convicted yet. You're trying to fight a, uh, a case, but mm-hmm. you're not convicted. As you get convicted, you don't stay on Rikers Island anymore. After conviction, they send you upstate. This is real street knowledge that a lot of rappers aren't going to be able to tell you because they, they haven't even been to it. They're lying. So once you're convicted, then you're sent to upstate. So you're sent from Rikers Island to upstate correctional facility, whatever facility you might go to. The average inmate, they send you to downstate or Ulster. And then from downstate or Ulster, then you shift off to your facility, your next facility that you're going to be in. When you come upstate, they take all your clothes from you. So if I'm, if you're there right now with, with a pair of blue jeans on and some boots and a, a hoodie and a hat, they're taking all that from you, right? Yeah. They send it home, or you can destroy it. And they cut all your hair off. All your facial hair is cut off. All your hair on the top of your head is cut off, unless, unless you have a document for religious purposes to keep your hair. But they're going to shave you, and they're going to they're gonna shower you. They're going to put some stuff on you to make sure you don't got light. They're going to shave you. They're going to throw away all your clothes. Everything that you had that you came in no longer exists. It's either home or it's in the garbage. Mm-hmm. You're starting from scratch. Now you're given a green outfit made by a company called Corecraft. green shirt, green pants, green jacket. Your Corecraft. They're all Corecraft. You're gonna get a, a blanket, sheet, and a pillowcase, right? Mm. And you get a free pair of canvas Converse. Converse. That's how. That's how uncool Converse was. But now, when you go to jail they don't give you Converse no more because Converse is hot again. See know what I'm saying? Mm. So that just goes back to, to show you, like, we make what's hot, hot. So when people started wearing Converse again, the stock, you couldn't get Converse free no more because it's, like, hot now and it, and it costs more. You know what I'm saying? Just so people have to understand their power. Just like Timberland. There was a, point when, there was a time when ACGs came out and, and a lot of people stopped wearing Timberland. Like you know, what I'm saying, like 2006, yeah. 2005, you might got you might have got laughed at for wearing Timberlands. I couldn't believe people wasn't wearing Timberlands anymore. Remember, I, I don't know if you remember that, but there was a point where ACGs was the, the dominant sneak shoe now. Um, nobody's wearing Timbs. Those, those old, like you look, people looking at you crazy for wearing Timbs. And I'm like, wow, I never thought I'd see this day. So at that point, you could go, you could find Timbs Marshalls <laughs> or V-I-M, Dr. J's, everywhere, for, for dirt cheap. And then when Tim's Tim, Tim got hot again, now Tim's hot again, you're not finding Tim's for cheap. Now the average Tim's cost is over $100, whereas before you get Tim for $50, $60. So we have the, the power to make brands strong. So that's
1: that. And someone who I've spoken out against and people criticize me and, you know, kill me for it is Kanye West. I think what he's doing, I mean, with – his platform and agreeing with trump and all that i think that's ridiculous especially what he said the other day at the sunday service that uh i forget what he said exactly that 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 this is the republican party that freed the slaves what is your what is your take on what kanye's been doing and the outrage of what he said especially on tmz and all that i didn't i didn't really see it
2: well the History is weird because the Republicans did free display, but
3: mm-hmm.
2: a lot of things have changed. Yeah, th- the they, they did bad? But
1: it, the party swapped somehow.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'ma say that Politics is a complex, complicated game. Um Trump obviously I'm not a Trump. I'm not a Trump person. No, neither am I. But let me let me tell you that let me tell you the uh embarrassing thing about politics. Mm-hmm. And you got work at a college. You got to all be due diligence. And, you know, there's, there's, there's smart people around you. You know, and students, etc., etc. et cetera. Et cetera. Mm. Trump, Trump, I'm speaking as an African-American. Trump has done so many things that has enraged everybody. But Trump has did more fixing of uh those unfair laws towards black people.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He did more fixing of those laws than, than Democrats have done. If you look at and it shocked me to see that. It's like seeing Dracula it's like seeing Dracula being vegan or something. <laughs> you know, it's like like Trump, I forgot the name of the law, but look it up. There's like you see, there's people coming home from jail right now. Trump reversed those laws. There were some laws that that targeted African Americans, and they, they were unfair laws. I don't know the exact name of them. I forgot because it's not on my mind right now. But he reversed that. Um, Kim, Car- Kim Kardashian shocked the hell out of me too, because she's been advocating for the release of people, and she's been going. She's been getting people freed from jail, and you know. He's advocating certain changes, and he did it. If you told me five years ago, yeah, Kim Kardashian and Trump is going to be friends, people, I'd have bust out laughing. Because I always looked at her like I didn't look at her in that sense. I always looked at her like maybe, like, you know, I don't want to say I don't want to, I don't want to use a derogatory term, but I didn't look at her in that manner. But now I have a whole different view of her. I respect, and then it, and it makes me scratch my head, and I go, oh crap, her father was a lawyer. So we don't know, you know, beneath the, the facade of materialism, he's a, he, he, he has some intellectual capacity Just do the research Trump reversed those laws. Like, I forgot the name of the law, but there are some laws that were very unfair to people of color. Very unfair. And I know that for a fact because I'm, I'm a person of color and, I, and also I've been in jail. So some of the laws that he reversed there's people coming home there was some unfair laws like say you get caught with certain ounces of coke you get this much time but you get caught with certain ounces of crack you get a bunch of time way more it was like it was uh, it was it was unfair was a lot of unfair practices that was being done and he reversed that there's actually people coming home now from 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 those from those laws so I don't I can't get into detail about Kanye, what he says, but what I can say is this. I don't think we have the right... I don't, I think we all contradict ourselves as Americans
3: mm-hmm.
2: because that is the right. That's, that's basically what America is, the right for free choice and mm-hmm. free speech. Even if somebody has a foolish ideology, he has the right to that. And, you know, us being mad at, at, at Kanye for his views is inconsistency with the very fabric of democracy. So even if I don't agree with him, it's his view. If I don't agree with him, it's like, hey, it is, it's just like seeing three girls. I might think there's three ugly girls. <laughs> he might think she's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He might think there's three beautiful girls. He might actually, you know think they're beautiful. I can't be mad at him because he thinks they're beautiful. Or I don't eat liver. I don't eat meat, period. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But when I did eat meat, I couldn't eat liver. You couldn't pay me to eat liver. I tried to eat liver as a grown man, and I almost spit it out. It's disgusting to me. But there's other people that'd be like, oh, yeah, dude, put onions on it and season it a certain way, and it's actually good. That's our choices. So that's, that's the thing. That's what makes America America. He has the right to, to vote as a Republican, and we have the right to vote uh, how we want. Mm -hmm. I personally wanted Bernie to win, but he didn't. Now, I'll say this also. I think Democrats are getting a free ride because they are exploiting America's distaste for Trump and getting a free ride. And the reality is, politics are politics. Democrats wasn't really doing nothing for us either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, it's like, George Washington once said, uh, "These par- these parties will be the ruin of America." Look it up. George Washington wasn't even for.
1: Yeah, he wasn't for parties. parties.
2: Yeah, he wasn't. So, but people don't bring this up. So, I don't. I, I'm not gonna say after uh, Republicans because I'm for the Democrats. Nah, politics itself is a slippery slope. So, I'm for what's right. I'm for the people. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so Trump, Trump you, have to, you have to really understand Trump and know what Trump represents. Dave Chappelle brilliantly summed it up in one of his things. When he said, like, uh, Trump said that he's going to make America great again. He said make America great again. When he's talking about the money, he's talking about the economy and the money. An opportunity for rich people. We wasn't talking about for the common folk because I traveled the world and I remember there was a point when you would go to England and say they give you $100, you come back home and turn that into the American currency and you got damn near $200. You know what I'm saying? Mm. There was a point where their money was that much more than ours, or it got to a point where it was like half, like, not double, but half more more than ours. You know what I'm saying? Like fifty percent more than ours, or twenty. You know what I'm saying? Now it's not like that. Now you go to England, they give you a hundred dollars in their currency. You come back to America, you trade it in. You're gonna be disappointed because our money went up. So the, the U.S. dollar has brided, has broke. You know what I'm saying?
3: Mm. So
2: whatever he did, he was trying to benefit companies and and them. As far as the people, maybe we needed an independent. We needed Bernie to win. And another thing I don't like about politics is this. we have people running for office right now.
3: Mm.
2: What are they doing more than anything? They're attacking each other. <clears> There'll <throat> be a bunch of Democrats, and they'll have a the debate, and they'll say stinging, scathing remarks about each other. Now we're human, mm. <clears throat> so if somebody disrespects you today. <clears throat> Months later, you're still gonna
1: feel that disrespect. <clears throat> so how you gonna fully stand behind this person that disrespect? <coughs> I agree. Martin won't be a choking. So, politics is bullshit. Mm. Now, getting back to your music, Cormega, how would you? Rank your albums Like from your Your most favorite All the way down To what you put out
2: That's a tough one Um Well I don't know I can't even answer that Because I have five solo albums One EP And one collaboration I mean um compilation. Legal Hustle is a compilation, so I don't I don't count it as an album.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, as far as my album, I think my weakest album. I think my weakest albums. I think the album where I was the less diverse. All right. I think my least strong album might be Testament. Really. But somebody else might think I'm crazy for even saying that. Mm. I think my most assertive album is The Realness. I think my album that got me the respect is The True Meaning. I think my most underappreciated gem. I think Born Born and Race might be my favorite album because it's so underrated. Mm-hmm. And I think Born and Raised can go toe-to-toe with any album I've ever created. Um, Oh, Born and Raised alone, you have the song Journey with Lost Professor. You got Dirty Game with Premier. You got the song Rapture by Ayatollah. A song called Girl Deal with with uh, L.E.S. I think that's one of, one of my best records. That's on the other side. I got crazy songs on Um, Born and Raised. Um, and I think my most conscious and thought-provoking, no, not thought-provoking, I think my most conscious project was, uh, Mega Philosophy. Mm. So they're so different that it's really hard to, you know, if I make, if I make another album like The Realness, I'll be able to judge it like, okay, The Realness is better than this one, or this one is better than, you know what I'm saying? But being that my albums are so different from each other, and they show growth. I think my most thought provoking project is isn't even an album it's the e p i think Meg, i think um mega the e p is more thought provoking than anything i've ever made
1: yeah my so, f- my favorite album by you is legal hustle that's my favorite <laughs> okay I love that one of course true meaning i mean i was listening to verbal graffiti the other day and i'm like this is just some this is just on a whole other level this song. And I know for the realness, like I said before, you made the chalk line jacket for that. And I was unable to get that. But will there be a restock for those eventually?
2: <laughs> there was a restock.
1: Oh, there was? Uh,
2: yeah, what size are you? I'm an XL.
1: I don't know. Go on chalk line
2: and see. Hmm. There might be a size. They Then again, they no, no there isn't. Because my father's an XL, and they didn't even have one for him. Oh, Whatever whatever I do realness, whenever I do something realness, it flies. Like, the realness, I don't know what it is about the realness, but it's just, people just gravitate towards it. Mm. But maybe there will be, I, I, I'll talk to them.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I missed out on it, and <laughs> I was pissed. Because I wanted it. <laughs> I was, oh, started. trust me. I was mad when I went on there because uh, there's sometimes when I go on these websites, especially Ewing and Jackets, I'm like, where are people getting all this money from? Every time I go on here, it's sold out. I'm like, geez. <laughs> it's annoying. But uh, what was it like collabing with Chalkline?
2: It was cool. It was, uh, I think that was, uh, that was a great expression. That's Great creative venue, mm-hmm. opportunity, and um, it was a learning experience too. Mm. So that was cool.
1: And you also I'll have the Mega the EP jacket too. I gotta pick that up.
2: Yeah, you better get that out now.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna get my hands on that before that one sells out next. Yep, get
2: that. Cause I wasn't able to I'm get the I'm gonna bring some um to the show in Long Island.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, That's on the 19th. Again, I'm going to shot that show out again. It's on the 19th. Go check it out. Cormega will be there. What, what venue is it at in Long Island?
3: Amityville Music Hall.
1: Amityville Music Hall. Get there if you can. Yeah. And another thing I wanted to ask you were, who are some of your favorite artists that you haven't worked with that you would love to? Right, get
3: up.
2: get up. That I haven't worked with that I wouldn't want to work with. Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> uh Eric Abadu. Okay. On and on. It's a classic song.
2: Yeah, Erica Badu, uh um I can't really think of too many rappers. Mm. Um, there's his rappers I definitely wanna work with, but at, right now it's not on my head. Mm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I think Erica Badu um I never did
1: nothing with Jada Kiss. Me and Jada Kiss
2: supposed to do something. I think people would. Oh, that would be fire. Way. Yeah. um, uh, I can't really think right now. I can't really think. Mm. But Eric Bob is the main artist that I really want to do some things with.
1: Who are some of your favorite producers to work with?
2: Street Runner is slowly becoming one of my favorite of all time to work with. Um, I enjoy working with
1: Large Professor and Havoc also. Mm. Legends. Mm-hmm. Large Professor, main source, Havoc, Mob Deep. Mm-hmm. So what's next for you, Cormega? Can we expect a new single or another project soon? Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, I'm working on a whole... I'm working on a project with somebody right now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say the name yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I also pretty much have a whole album done with Harry Fraud, But that project's been stagnated. I don't know what I don't know what what, what slowed that product up, product check up. I guess that's like uh politics or, you know, behind the scenes things that need to be rec fixed or whatever. So that could have been out. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's done pretty much. Uh I have some musical havoc that I'm working on. Um, I have some of the songs done for Havoc. I, I just got to do some
3: more. When well, he
2: gets the time and I get the time, we'll figure that out.
3: Mm.
2: But in the meantime, I do have a Havoc record that he insisted I use on my album. <clears throat> and uh, I definitely wasn't going to argue with him about that because it's fire, so I'm happy about that. And uh, I'm trying to do a Best of Core Mega and, uh All Greatest Hits. Them? Yeah, like a greatest hit, mm. and I'm gonna do like uh, like uh, one of those projects where you where you have the rare unreleased music and the, you know, where you just have the the stuff from the archives that just been sitting around or unreleased music, that type of stuff that's gonna Ooh. put out there for the world. So
1: we'll hear stuff from the '90s, perhaps.
2: Um. If you might, if I, I should have I might have something for the guess You gotta find it If we don't If I do a part two to it There will be Because I do have stuff On some reels I just have to get some reels
1: that's, that's gonna be dope too When you release those You hear some more Cormega from the 90s And Again you have the performance On the 19th on Long Island Is there any other Upcoming performances That your fans Can look forward to Or attend
2: Nope, unless you unless you're overseas. <laughs> right now is uh, October, as we already know. It's only two more months after this. My next show will be overseas,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and then December. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I'm I'm blank. My schedule is blank right now as far as that. So it'll be a lot of uh, you know family time and maybe some leisure time for me.
1: <laughs> and you deserve it too. You're hardworking. You got the new Ewing's out. The upcoming performance the upcoming album singles that we can expect is there anything else that you want to get out in the airways up here at st john's university tonight Cormega?
2: yes i need a st john's jacket
1: <laughs> i told you i'm gonna i'm gonna work on that for you i'm gonna hand down some heads up here student government especially student government i need a jacket st john's jacket a starter jacket we got the starters Oh, I think a starter jacket. Yeah. Uh, yeah, starters are my favorite jackets. Ewings are my favorite sneakers. So we need Cormega with that complete fit with the starter jacket. Okay, I actually
2: have a great,
1: great friend of at Starters, so. though. Yeah? Yeah, I have a, I have a I have plug up there. Very good person. <laughs> You're lucky. Starters are classic, and n- they've never yeah. gone out of style. And, Cormega, if you're ever in the area, I'd love to have you in the studio for an interview. I'm pretty sure, oh, I'm sure of it. St. John's would love to have you in.
3: All right, we'll talk about that. Yeah. We'll figure
1: that out. Even a performance. Would you perform for the basketball team for halftime?
3: Yeah, sure. Yeah? Mm-hmm.
1: I'll, be, I'll be talking to student government about this. And like I said, I'm going to find out about getting that jacket, too. But we'd love to have Cormega open up or even perform at the halftime of one of the St. John's games.
2: All right. Maybe I'll bring Ron will
3: that.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, former SJU. <laughs> SJU's own. Mm-hmm. All right, Cormega, I appreciate you calling in tonight, all right? All right. Peace out, bro. Yeah, no doubt. Take care. That was Cormega. Shout out to Cormega for calling into my show for a great interview. Again, go get those Sportlight Cormega, Castle Rock, Lime, Ewing. They're available on EwingAthletics.com. And his music is on all platforms. Shout out to the hip-hop legend, Queens' his own Cormega. When I'll be back, I'll be back with Ryan of The Ryan Show. And more, stay tuned. So check this show, yo.
0: Hate is evident. People who never voted betray you for dead presidents. Somewhere, two faces, friend and enemy.